I'm Louise Thomas-Mins, skin health therapist, expert, educator, product formulator, entrepreneur and mum. I have been in the business of nurturing people's skin back to health for 15 years. In this podcast, I'm going to bring you some of my 26 years of experience and I allow you to be a fly on the wall in my treatment room. Most of all, I want this podcast to boost my mission, which is to educate you in how to become your own skin health expert and help you to find the tools to do this. It waited till I turned 18, 19 to really just have a good time. (gasps) As a minor side effect or a very rare side effect, he told me could turn my skin blue. I, on the other hand, just dried up like an old prune and looked like an old woman. dive into this week's guests, I want to tell you about our sponsors, Panasonic Beauty. Their three-pillared approach to personal care focuses on investing in yourself, their superior quality and Japanese excellence. Their range of skincare devices enables you to benefit from nano-ionic, sonic vibration, microcurrent, hot cool and patented microfoam technology. I've been using and recommending their skincare devices for over five years now as a great way to deeply cleanse, hydrate, firm, tone and care for your skin between professional facial treatments. You can find out more about the range by heading to their Instagram profile at Panasonic Beauty UK. Hello and welcome back to The Skin Pod, the podcast you need in your life if you are as obsessed as we are about all things skin health. And this week, episode three already, I'm very excited to uh, be chatting to a good friend of mine who is a self-confessed skincare junkie. We have very long chats about inky lists and, well, quite frankly, what is uh, in his bathroom cupboard. Jack Baxter, hello, welcome, thank you for joining. Hello, thank you, thank you for having me. Oh, well, it's an absolute pleasure. It's been a while since we've had one of these chats, so I thought, well, you know, why not just uh, just record it and let everybody else uh, listen to what we, uh, what we wang on about, really, in terms of skincare. Absolutely. As far as you're concerned, when did you become obsessed with skincare? I think for me, it was probably in my late teens, because that was when my skin decided it was going to misbehave. Yeah. I was quite lucky up until then, really, all throughout high school, all all the normal awkward years, my skin was really good. It waited till I turned 18, 19 to really just have a good time. (gasps) Yeah. Do you know what? I actually didn't realise that about you, because that's (laughs) that's exactly what mine did as well. 
Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't have any of, you know, as you said, like the classic teenage, you know, kind of early years of puberty acne, but it was starting college and ironically starting to do my beauty and skin health training. And then, then I was plagued with acne, Yeah, which is why I do what I do. Ah, oh, so same for you. Absolutely, yes. And I was, yeah, coming out of sixth form, going into uni um, and starting my career as a makeup artist oh. when it decided to, yes, for me, it was quite a mild case of acne, but still acne nonetheless. And it just, yes, went from there for probably three or four years. Yeah. What did you do in terms of, did you need to go like the GP route or the dermatology route or did you sort of hence your obsession with skincare you kind of controlled it yourself through product use and that that side of things yeah I started with uh, the GP actually just because it seemed so odd that it had come out of nowhere and I hadn't changed anything I thought is this just something underlying that could be treated perhaps and I was put on I can't remember what the tablet was called but it was something which as a minor side effect or a very rare side effect he told me could turn my skin blue (gasps) Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I didn't take that for very long. Sorry, that's really, I'm ever, yeah, really sympathetic of me as I just laugh at that. Not kind. <laughs> What's the character out of, um, you know, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Oh. <laughs> um, this is diversifying now because we're talking about, yeah, that film where she goes blue. But anyway, go on, carry on, carry on. Yeah. And um, that, that did work. That did work up into a point. And then I stopped taking it through fear of turning blue. <laughs> And it did come back, shockingly. Um, And that was when I sort of turned to skincare and I saw a very ill-advised shopping channel ad for proactive skincare. (gasps) Yes. Which I know some people have had great results with. I, on the other hand, just dried up like an old prune and looked like an old woman. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Yeah, that, that old lipid barrier that I that I love so much it literally for you it removed all of that so it was oh no mm-hmm. oh my goodness so then just back to kind of basics in terms of yeah not going to mess about with this anymore absolutely yes as much hydration as humanly possible to get my skin <laughs> looking as normal as I could was my main port of call I thought oh my word yeah. Oh my goodness me. So did you have any kind of, was there any influence for you growing up with skincare? Because I'm in, I'm always interested in like what happens in other people's houses around skincare. Because for me, and I, I know I've mentioned this before, but it was literally sitting on my mum's bed watching her apply her Cyclax, showing my <laughs> age there, her, her Cyclax moisturising cream, which was in like a big, bright purple tub. And then watching this weird sort of... <laughs> massage routine she used to do with it and she used to take her makeup off with baby lotion and big like huge big like cotton wool pads so I'm just I'm always fascinated by you know what did you observe any skincare going on your house was it was there just nothing in the bathroom cupboard um for me again like you it was my mum she was realistically the only person within the house that was probably using anything at that time And it was, it's still, she doesn't use it anymore, but it was a Clarins cleanser. Um, I don't know which one it was, but there was just something about the consistency and the scent within it. Yeah. It was just, there was something really nice about it. And like you say, a ritual, it was this thing that happens every day. No one's thinking about it. It just happens. And thinking about it earlier, 
it was this ritual thing and you could almost feel her, see and feel her physically relaxing as she was doing it. That's so lovely. And I think it was that. And for me, definitely, I do see skincare as a bit of a ritual. It's a bit of self-care that I think you often ignore because it's so fundamental to what you have to do. But actually, just taking that small moment, whether it's five minutes, 10 minutes or, you know, half an hour in some people's cases, just for you. Yeah. I'm so pleased you said that because I definitely feel that people are coming back towards that way of thinking. You know, there is now this kind of almost like understanding, but people are allowing themselves to have that time. And I think we're all very aware of actually the how precious time is and the gift of time. So, yeah, we're definitely moving away from, oh, you know, this whole sort of wash and go culture. I haven't got time. I can't be bothered to actually, do you know what? I can just take five minutes out of my day, morning and night to, yeah, to cleanse my skin efficiently and, you know, use a serum or it does, you know, it doesn't have to be complicated, but yeah, absolutely just to gift yourself that time. And actually that does, I know we've we've mentioned uh, Panasonic Beauty, who are our fabulous sponsors for this series, but What I love about working with them is, you know, they are obviously a Japanese brand and their heritage is very much about those rituals. And I find Japanese culture really fascinating for that as well. So, yeah, that's lovely to hear and really interesting to hear. What's going on with your skincare routine at the moment then? What are your go to? Well, not necessarily brands, but like if there is a one or two go to products that you're like, oh, God, I I cannot not use that. What would they be? Um, I love anything at the minute, and it's going to sound hideous, that is um, age defence based. <laughs> Not anti-ageing necessarily, yes. but age defensive, if you will. I like that term. <laughs> I know it's going to happen. It's going to happen whether I like it or not. But if I can slow it down in any way, shape or form, then I'm going to try it. So I use a lot of products that are vitamin E based at the minute. Okay, nice. They all seem to be working at the minute, which is what I'm loving. Um, I do have one product that I do use all the time and it's, I don't think I will live without it. And I'm scared if they ever stop making it. And it's something hideous again. It's a, um, (laughs) something that was prescribed to me uh, by a doctor and it's an antibacterial cleanser. Okay. And it is, honestly, it looks horrendous. When you see the packaging, it is so clinical and not beautifying at all, but it works brilliantly. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, that's the whole point. And I think there are quite a lot of brands now that are, um, you know, along that sort of pharmacy led brands, especially brands that are coming from, you know, from the States. So, I mean, CeraVe, for example, Mm -hmm. springs to mind instantly. It's very, you know, straightforward, some might say boring packaging, but actually, you know, it's becoming a real cult brand because they're very much about lipid barrier support, which I really enjoy. And it does what it says on the tin. So I think as long as it's not, you know, aggravating your skin, stripping the barrier, making it reactive, then sometimes, yeah, just to keep things simple as well. It doesn't have to be really, really complicated. Is there anything that you've splurged on in the last year or so that was a bit of a treat in terms of skincare? Um, I do splurge and I have splurged for a number of years on this product is my uh, resurfacing glycolic pads. Ah, okay. I do love them. When I was going through the bad skin phase, I just, I realised actually that was the key to keeping my skin as nice as I could at that time. Um, By helping the resurfacing process, I was getting rid of the problematic areas 
faster, helping with scarring and preventing further buildup on my skin. Fantastic. And I should add to our lovely listeners that honestly, Jack, Jack has got the most amazing skin. It's, you know, I'm sorry, I'm going to refer to Snow White, but your skin is a bit... <laughs> It's a bit Snow White. Um, it is. It really is lovely and dewy and yes, so you would never know that you had those kind of skin issues in your late teens. I'm interested to know though, what makes you carry on using a product? Why would you just put something in the bin or at the back of a dark cupboard? Are there things that you're like, oh no, I won't go there. I don't like the, you know, the values of the company. What are the things that would just stop you from buying a certain product or brand? So values of a brand are super important, especially now. I think you're. I think we're all. We'd all be silly to try and support a company that isn't doing the most that it can for the world that we live in. So starting there, if I ever find a product that I like the look of, find out a little bit about the brand first, absolutely. Um, and if they support everything in terms of the environment, fair working wage, and everything like that, and if it can be UK based as well, I'm even more on board. If it ticks all those boxes, first of all then it is a case of whether it it's consistently working for me. I try products for probably longer than I should to test whether it's going to work. Okay. Just because I, I always give it at least a four-week minimum, just because I don't think any active ingredient is going to show you a true likeness of what the product can do for that point. Plus, your skin is also roughly on a four-week cycle, especially at the age I am. I'm quite meticulous when I start a new product about noting when I start it, seeing what my skin's doing and seeing what it's doing at the end of the four weeks. Amazing. It's very, very particular. Just because I think because I lost my confidence so much when my skin was bad. Yeah. I just don't want to go back there. And I think if I can be really meticulous about it. I'm really impressed with that. That's brilliant. Oh, really? Well, yeah, because (laughs) I have this conversation all the time and, you know, it's really 50-50. So we have... You know, I have clients that are like you, they get it. They understand that some products might give you quick wins, but, you know, you've got to stick with something unless it's being detrimental, of course. But if it's working and, and, you know, it's not being detrimental, then you've got to stick with it and you've got to give it time to work. And different ingredients will take different lengths of time to potentially show a result. So I love the fact that you're not just like, oh, I've used that twice. Nope, not doing, let's put that in the bin. Don't want to use it. (laughs) I'm visualizing spreadsheets. Do you have, you know, spreadsheets or alerts (laughs) come up on your phone, like a little alarm or something? I want to know how far. not quite that bad. I'm not going to lie. Not that bad, okay. (laughs) Not quite that bad. You know, making the odd note in a a book, perhaps, the odd picture, see what it's doing, (laughs) see what the odd face is up to. Um, Brilliant. I then do this slightly weirder thing at the end, is if I've got to the end of a product, be it a sample or an actual product, I'll then stop using it for a period of time just to see if I notice, again, a difference going the other way. Oh, my goodness. You're just like it. I mean, this is a whole new profession you've got here, Jack. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, just amazing. Product testing extraordinaire. I mean, again, that's brilliant. You know, is that giving me any value? Well, yes, I'm noticing a slightly negative effect now I've stopped using it. Brilliant. Absolutely. I've just come to the end of a little sample pot um, of a Bobbi Brown moisturiser, which I think I'm going to go back to using. But I just want to give myself, even even if it's just a week, just to see how it feels. I can already tell today my skin feels tighter than it has been. So it was obviously doing something for me that my skin was enjoying. That's amazing. 
And have you got like a favourite ingredient or something that you're, you've got your eye on? Oh, I'd like to, I'm not sure about using that or... The next sort of thing that I want to try and introduce into my skincare, I would love to try a and find a good facial oil. Okay. I've not had many great experiences, shall we say, with facial oils. I don't know whether it's the ingredients within the oil, whether it's my skin. Yeah. I mean, it's either going to be, it's either a harsh reaction I have and I go, okay, well, that one's just definitely not for me. Or it's like a really subtle reaction. Hmm. I've not found one that just doesn't create some sort of problem. And I don't know if my skin is just too sensitive for a facial oil or I don't know. So when you're saying kind of reaction, are we talking you know, inflammation, redness, it's sore, it's flaky, or are you kind of breaking out with spots when you're using oils? So I've done both. Ah. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, I've done both. So I know I know when it's gone red, flaky and inflamed, that's just a, that's a hard pass for that particular product. That one just, it, it's not happy on my skin. Yeah. The breakouts, they're not like usual breakouts either. They're just like a little red, little red breakout, usually just around my chin and jawline, mm. which I don't know if that is just because obviously I have facial hair and all of that. It's just different yeah. around the jawline on me because I have facial hair. That tends to be where the reaction happens. Well, that's a, yeah, a good thought process that perhaps those oils are just getting caught up, you know, at the base of the follicle. And then of course, you know, it's difficult to cleanse that. I will drop you in a sample. One immediately springs to mind, actually, which is from the Jane Scrivener range. So oils and balms are kind of her thing. And again, I think you'll like it because she's a lovely UK based founder. But she does a great oil that's called Uncondition Oil, which is basically for any skin conditions, ironically. So yeah, I'll have to to bring that along and you can put it through your intensive testing... uh, (laughs) (laughs) just yeah put it through its paces uh, do all of the recording of what goes on but yeah so that one kind of immediately springs to mind for anybody that just feels like they want that you know I always think of oils being a bit like giving the skin a really good hug especially at this time of year kind of autumn winter where the heating's going on the skin is losing water and you feel like you just want to really make sure you're building that barrier defense really nicely but At the same time, they aren't for everybody. So if you can't find one that suits you, then, you know, it may just be that for you, oils just aren't going to be your thing. See, that makes me sad, but that's okay. I understand. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we will be on a mission to find the right oil for you. (laughs) And yeah, I mean, I know you had a question when we were chatting before we hit record about about the inky list on products. So ask me that again, because I think that was a really good question around kind of the list and the order of ingredients. And then, you know, this might just help somebody that's listening as well. Amazing. So obviously with inky lists on the back of products, the most prominent ingredient is at the top, filtering down through to the, the one that's in there in a tiny amount. Yeah. When you are looking at an inky list and looking for a particular ingredient. So more recently, I've been looking, like I say, at vitamin E based or vitamin E products. How far up the list would you say an ingredient needs to be to have real efficacy? It is a brilliant question. And I think the first thing is you've kind of answered it in your question. So excellent. Yes, there we are. Um, (laughs) 
Exactly that. The order that an ingredient appears is generally how much of, you know, the sort of percentage, if you like, of that ingredient that's in that product. So, you know, we often find actually that for water-based products, obviously water is going to be at the top there because, of course, you know, that's a prominent part of that product in terms of it having that kind of effect on the skin. So the further up the list, the more dominant that ingredient's going to be. But then it does also come down to whether they are sharing with you about the percentage. So for example, if we talk about vitamin E or we talk about vitamin C, often brands will talk about the percentage of the ingredient that's actually in there and that can kind of link towards its activity and and its efficacy as well. However, I think sometimes we do get a little bit hung up on the inky list and hung up on the percentage of ingredients. And I think it's just because there's been quite a strong trend in the last couple of years. You know, we can think about specific brands that have literally isolated specific ingredients from that inky list. So rather than you having a product that has a lovely cocktail of ingredients, actually, you have a hyaluronic serum and you have a vitamin C serum and you've got several products that you're going to put on at different times of the day or you're going to layer those. So sometimes the effectiveness of that ingredient will depend on how it's been put together and what other ingredients are in that product. And I feel that we're going to see, I'm going to do a crystal ball prediction here okay. for next year. I think that there is going to be a trend towards going back to having a cocktail of ingredients rather than just isolating. So, you know, proper chemistry where you're looking at, for example, vitamin E, well, what other ingredients work beautifully with vitamin E and how can we blend that in an amazing serum or a moisturiser and get that sort of 360 approach? So, yeah, I don't know whether that's answered your question at all or or maybe just confused the issue no no has a hundred percent answered the question <laughs> good oh well that is good i like your prediction too oh well you know <laughs> what you were saying about bobby brown actually i feel like there will also be makeup brands that are very aware that skincare needs to become an element because yeah i for sure haven't worn anywhere near i mean i'm not a huge makeup wearer anyway but definitely not worn as much makeup over the last 18 months than I would usually so because yeah your background being makeup do you kind of get that sense as well that they're going to start making you know makeup that really is good for your skin I'd like to think so because brands I've worked for in the past have been skincare brands and I have worked for Bobby Brown in the past Ah. and I think they do it really well where they have their skincare that fundamentally Get your skin prepared in the way for your makeup to look its best. I think Bobby Brown do do it very well. And I do think brands need to think about that. Because like you say, over the last 18 months, no one's been wearing as much makeup as normal because they've realised they don't need to because we're not leaving the house as much. So having the great skin to begin with is more important than how you cosmetically can change it. Yeah, absolutely. I do think, yeah, I think they they need to think about it. I don't know if I like the two blending yet as an idea because I'm still not big on things like BB creams and CC creams that felt like a bit of a skincare makeup hybrid just because I don't know if they do either job well enough. Yeah, it's a bit like um, I get asked a lot about SPFs and 
moisturizers that have an SPF in or foundations yeah. that have an SPF in. It's a bit like that, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. You know, you've got, as you say, that BB cream with several different functions. But yeah, sometimes you just need to drill down. Oh, well, actually, what do I want this to do? Is it literally it's a primer for my foundation or is it that it's going to illuminate the skin? So, yeah, that's a valid point. So, lastly, we've said about sort of how you sample products. Is there, is there almost on, you know, Jack's wish list of products or even ingredients that you think, yes, I'm working towards that. I've got my eye on that particular product or brand that you want to be trying next. Ingredients wise, like I said, I've mentioned glycolic acid before. I want to move perhaps into more of that type of product. Salicylic acid I have used in the past, obviously, as part of that proactive nightmare that I had. So I'm a bit wary of it as an ingredient. Yeah. That is something that I'm going to, that's going to be next on my list of things that I'm going to try. I love places like Space NK because they have everything at your fingertips and you can as long as you've done your research first you can have a bit of a a play in there yeah they are usually a save before you buy type of brand because that's got to be important as well because not everyone's budget can afford the higher price point so no exactly and I think just going back to your point about salicylic acid which you know Mm. for those of you that listening that don't know um is a is a beta hydroxy acid and I tend to think of it in my weird little way of it acting like a whirlpool so it works from the surface of the skin down into the follicles into the pores it loves oil it sort of buries its way burrows its way through oil flow and it's very effective for exfoliating and oxygenating those pores so particularly skins that are you know heavy on the oil flow quite thickened quite congested spot prone that's who's going to be reaching for salicylic. So just bear that in mind. I say I haven't seen you for a little while, so I don't know how oily <laughs> your skin is now. But just bear that in mind when you're looking at, at salicylic. And again, it might just be, and I know this again might make you a little bit sad, that you just don't need salicylic. But actually reaching for AHA, so alpha hydroxy acids, like glycolic, like lactic acid actually is very good as we mature because it's a yes. it's one that will kind of hydrate the skin but at the same time exfoliate okay so you may want to lean more towards the ahas rather than the salicylic you know if we're talking higher levels here mm. yeah i think i've been right to be cautious with salicylic acid just because i've seen what it can do to your skin if you don't really need it yeah in that drying effect that it does yeah i think you just have to bear in mind that any form of exfoliation, you know, even if you're using a washcloth to take your cleanser off, you're still enhancing the skin's natural desquamation process, aren't you? So whenever you're exfoliating, you don't just take away those amazing inverted commas dead cells, but you take with it those lovely fats, the lipids, the ceramides, the cholesterols that make up the building blocks of your protective barrier. So if you're taking away, you just need to make sure that the products you're putting on afterwards are able to repair and restore that barrier function. So it's not that you can't explore it, but I think you're definitely well equipped to understand, (laughs) okay, I've done that, but I need to make sure I'm, I'm giving back to the skin really. So yeah. Lovely. 
Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Jack. This has been, it's been lovely to have a, <laughs> albeit a little bit of a virtual catch up. And I will bring along that sample for you of that oil when I get a chance. But thank you so much for your time this afternoon. You've brought some brilliant questions for the listeners and, uh, and some great tips and facts. So yeah, great to see you. Take care. And um, we will have to have a, a coffee and a catch up soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Louise. It's the fly on the wall section next where you get a chance to step into the treatment room with me and listen to a conversation with one of my clients. So don't go anywhere. And here's a little word about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you in conjunction with a Panasonic 3-in-1 facial enhancer with microcurrent technology. This skincare device reduces wrinkle depth after four weeks of use. It's the only anti-aging beauty device in the UK that helps improve the absorption of your expensive skincare creams to make them work harder for you. The facial enhancer is clinically proven to improve night cream absorption by up to 40%. Head to their Instagram profile at Panasonic Beauty UK to learn more and purchase this skincare device. If you are enjoying listening to The Skin Pod, then I would be delighted if you could hit that subscribe button. It also means that you'll be updated when we launch the next episode. You know, what what did you want retinol to achieve for you? What was your sort of focus on, yep, yeah, I've heard about this amazing ingredient and yeah, and I want to I want to use that active. Okay. All right. Well, I I came to, you know, looking after my skin really late. I always assumed that, you know, skin was you either had good skin or you had bad skin. Uh, and I was firmly in the bad skin, lots of congestion, texture, and even big pores, all that malarkey. I smoked. I never took my makeup off. You know, I, I, I just, I had bad skin. So I just went with it and abused it suitably. And then, you know, with the advent of the internet age, Along came YouTubers talking about makeup, and then came skincare, and all of a sudden there were alternatives. Yeah. If I looked after my skin, if I cleansed properly, and uh, did certain other things, I could improve my skin. Uh, and then I found you stumbling across you on my way home to uh, work <laughs> to the car park, uh, and with some products and some time all of a sudden I glowed uh, and along with that little bit of knowledge you know you look further there are more uh, things are so much more accessible these days yeah. and then everyone was talking about retinol yes everyone <laughs> you know uh, wherever you went it was absolutely unavoidable and I'm a bit of a cynical old bag. You sort of think, well, it can't be that good. But also having, you know, terrible FOMO. It's like, well, I've got to find out for myself. Yeah. So, you know, we had a bit of a conversation and uh, talked about it a little bit. And um, I'm in some skincare groups online. And so, you know, they're terrible enablers. And, you know, you find yourself well, I'll just have a look at this website and I'll just have a look at that website. My first experience was, um, I'm lucky enough, my sister lives in Portugal. They can buy retinol over the counter. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, of course. Yeah, laws obviously are very, very 
very different very different. Over there. Very different. And actually, a really good point, Catherine, just to remind you about the difference between, you know, prescription only retinol and that molecule, which is tretinoin, basically, versus, right. you know, a lot of the molecules that we now have available through um, skincare ranges. So... Tretinoin, um, yes, is is brilliant, but you can only get it in this country, in the UK, on prescription. And it was initially used and really used to target acne, post-acne scarring. Um, GPs would sometimes prescribe it if they were very sort of skin-focused, but it was generally a dermatology-focused um, prescription. Right. And then, of course, they discovered that, oh, actually, this is, um, yes, this is helping with my lines and wrinkles. It's literally reversing some of the aging process and some of the sun damage now the downside to tretinoin is that it can cause what i call retinal dermatitis is this what you might have experienced when you when you dabbled with a bit of with a bit of uh, prescription only well i certainly think we can say i was a little gung <laughs> Um, in the, you know, slapped it on the face one night, woke up the next morning, no irritation. Oh, I can do this. This is fine. Second night. Oh, oh, perhaps this, um, perhaps this is not the best of ideas. And I, I came to you for a facial very close after that. And then you put me on some peptides to, you know, suck some moisture and uh, <laughs> life back into my skin and we decided no perhaps that wasn't the best of ideas so I still do use the one that comes from uh, Portugal it's Catrell is the name that they sell it under yeah. but I'm much more um, once a week once a fortnight rather than you know every night slap it on and here we go yeah and you, you've made again a brilliant point there um, because I totally get it. You know, as you said, we're in this age now where we are bombarded with, hopefully, most of the time, really good information about skincare and actives. Um, and it is that case of, oh, everybody's using retinol, I should use it. And I've had a lot of clients <laughs> yep. where, I've, where I've actually had to say to them, look, you don't, for you, you don't need to use this active every single night. You don't need the highest level. You don't need to use it every day to get results. Now, there are some clients that, yes, they do. If they're very thickened, sun damaged, lots of pigmentation, lots of deep lines and wrinkles, we build up to that. But yeah, it probably would be a good idea for those to use it every night. But the majority of clients, mm. me, and me included, because I did the same, not with prescription only, but I did the same with, you know, a skincare led retinol, which can still be very active. I use too much too soon. think I'd know better. Um but build up to that. And some clients, I say, just use it two or three times a week. Or like you, if you're using that, you know, the, the purest form. So, you know, retin-A, tretinoin. Um, yeah, every other week. Perfect. It doesn't mean you're not going to get the results. It's just going to mean that your skin can tolerate it and you haven't got to put up mm. with the redness, the flakiness and the breakdown of that lipid barrier. Yeah, which was what I went and did. Yeah, yeah, and a lot, and lots of people do. Um, so, what changes have you seen then? What give me an update on kind of how you feel about your skin now with using retinol? Do you think it's responsible for certain changes, positive changes that have occurred? Definitely, yeah, definitely. I I look at you know we live in the selfie age, don't we? And um, I look at photos from a few years ago, 
and even with makeup you can see there was textures there big pores yeah and um i certainly notice my skin texture has improved well almost beyond all recognition and that's you know a good few years of being so much more aware being so much more careful and mindful yeah uh, of what i was doing to my skin you know i look at myself now and it's like yeah my skin's all right I've joined the Good Skin Brigade, you know, feeling I was that was never a camp that I belonged in. Yeah, well, that no, that's brilliant, and I think again, it's probably a good point. Um, tricky to do, obviously, on a on a, on a podcast where it's uh, audio and no visual, but um, <laughs> just giving you a very very basic. Uh, anatomy and physiology lesson here so taking you back to maybe when you learnt about cells and structure of Mm. cells within the body so here obviously we're talking about skin cells but if you imagine in the simplest term a circle and in the middle of that circle is a smaller circle so the the bigger circle is the the cell membrane and the small circle in the middle is the nucleus of your cell so in this case the skin cell where the dna um, and and everything kind of the energy and everything kind of is created it's the blueprint of that cell in in the very very sort of basic form retinol Mm. as an ingredient vitamin a is able to get very close to the nucleus of that skin cell. So when I think of... Yeah, so so that's why it's so amazing and so powerful. The easiest way to think about what retinol does is to think of all the R words. So it repairs, it regenerates, it rejuvenates, it rehydrates, um, it renews. So it will speed up cell turnover it reverses. It does have the um, ability to a degree actually turn back the clock a little bit, makes those cells mm. behave like younger cells. And therefore, when you're using a product that does that, why would you then obviously not want to protect it from the environment and UV? So that's why it's really important to use an SPF. And because it has that renewing process, it does in a way, it does exfoliate because it speeds up cell turnover and cell renewal. Right, That's yeah, why, yeah. you know, generally the good advice is you need to be cautious in the sun. You can still use it in the sun, but be cautious and make sure you're using an SPF if you're using a retinol-based product. Yeah. Um, do you, have you used any of the other skincare-led retinols then? Because I know we spoke about sort of moving you away from the prescription form and using retinol derivatives, so they're not going to they're not going to convert quite as quickly into that pure retinoic acid, but they're much better tolerated on the skin. Yeah, I use um, a medicate one. Yeah. Now I know I don't know if it's retinol, retinol, or whatever, and it's number six. I think. Yeah, it's retinol. I know they sort there. of they go. Yeah. That's retinol, yes. is it? Right. Yeah. Okay. And and that I use every day. Yeah. Brilliant or every night I use that at night and I do make sure that I use my SPF 50 during the day I like a tinted one because then I feel I don't need a um any foundation I just put a tinted SPF 50 on yes Uh, and and that's sort of a double hit as far as I'm concerned yeah no fantastic and and actually it's a good point to mention as well um that there are a lot of the retinol um derivatives and indeed tretinoin can be destroyed and degraded by UV. So that's why most retinol products, most skincare companies will 
will say to you, if you're going to use retinol, you need to use this at night time because actually... If you put it on in the morning and you go outside all times of the year, there's a level of UV. Of course, UVA is here all year round. It's just going to destroy that molecule and it's not going to work as well. There is an exception. Ah. Yeah. So so that's why it's better at night. Plus, it's when... I, I just thought it was, you know, to give it time to work. I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, it is that as well, because it's, of course, when your skin does all of its repairing and regenerating. So you'd want to kind of put something on that's going to go with that. But there is an exception. Um, so retinol, <laughs> you can use during the day. But again, with caution and making sure you use your sunscreen, But to be honest, there's, again, not many clients that I would say you need to use this twice a day. It's generally, general rule of thumb is once a day and sometimes not every day, as we discussed previously. And if you think about those, those derivatives, the effectiveness of those is very much dependent on which derivative it is, because it's all about the type of retinal derivative that goes directly onto the skin will have the least irritating form. That's what those companies want, of course. They want you to be able to use this product without any irritation. But what has to then happen is as that derivative works its way into the skin, it has to convert. So it converts, for example, from uh, retinyl palmitate. Let's, Let's look at that one, which is a very mild derivative Retinol palmitate goes on the surface of your skin in your cream, for example. It then has to convert um, down into retinol. Then it has to convert into retinol. Then it finally uh, converts into retinoic acid. So you've got all of these phases to it converting. But because you've put retinyl palmitate on the surface, it's it's not going to irritate. It's just so that particular derivative isn't that widely used these days because it takes a long time for it to have effect, but it's the least right. irritating in some cases. So, yeah, it's all to, yeah. All to do with that conversion, which is quite clever. <laughs> and, and yeah, it, with, with lots of things that I've used on my skin, it is that balance of, you know, ultimate um, efficacy with minimal, you know, disruption and, uh, and discomfort. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, you know, like with my, ex- you know, I, I get a bit excited with exfoliation uh, generally. And yeah, it, it is always that balance. But I do protect my skin. I am very good now. You, you are very good. Me well. <laughs> <laughs> you are very good. And you have to, uh, you know, they, they have to go hand in hand together. Yeah, that's it. And I think, um, you know, we've kind of gone through this era of isolating actives. So there were lots of ranges that were literally picking out key ingredients, retinol being one of them. And I still believe that with retinol products, it is very good as a standalone. I think if you want to get the true benefits, it does almost need to be used as a, you know, it's on its own pretty much within that that product. And it's used perhaps in a serum or a cream form, but it's it's generally used that way as opposed to being just combined into a cream. Sometimes small amounts, again, something like retinol palmitate will be put into a cream, has antioxidant benefits, but it's not really in there for it to lead with, you know, the key benefits of retinol. So, yeah, to get yeah. to get the best benefits, use a standalone. And exactly as you say, just make sure that you've got that balance. You're not overusing, you're building up your use to it and, you know, you're you're protecting and restoring, not just from the sun, but that lipid barrier as well. 
Yeah, I, I, having you know listened to you finally, and uh, you know getting that balance, it, it's what that's when I saw my skin step up a, a level. You know, from being some, you know, from going from being totally neglected to a bit ouchy from you know over everything to a nice balance of uh, you know uh, the right kind of um, formulas and SPF, and 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 that's when you know I'm so much happier, literally in my own skin. Oh no, that's fantastic to hear. Brilliant. Don't forget, we love to hear from you. So communicate with us via Instagram or indeed make a comment below. And while you're there, make sure that you like and you subscribe.